Let's go. What an exciting day. God is launching us into something new. And I am so excited and thrilled to see what God is going to do through our church in the days ahead. We have a wonderful history, a wonderful heritage, but God has a future for us. And I'm so excited to get to share that with you today and over the next several weeks. For those of you that I haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Chris Williams. I get to serve here as the lead pastor, and I just want to say welcome. And as I do every single Sunday, I want to just look right into that camera and welcome all of those who are joining us online. For those of you who are watching live in this moment or on demand sometime later, we are so very glad that you're here, and we just want to say welcome to you. So congregation, can we welcome those who are joining us online today? Now, coming around uh, right now are people handing out these guidebooks, and we want to make sure everyone gets one of those. And in just a little bit, when we get into the message, you're going to want to go to page 20, but not yet. We'll get there in a minute. That's a place where you can take notes for today's message. And I know that when you get this, you're going to want to flip through every single page. I want to encourage you to do that, just not while I'm speaking. You can do it later today. I do want to just highlight a few pages for you. And so as you get this, if you would turn to pages 10 and 11, 10 and 11, and what you'll find there is our vision. We've been walking through a process over these last few years, and really God has given us a clear vision to make disciples, transform the community, and multiply the church. And everything that is included in the GO initiative is part of that vision that God has given to us. And if you've been around for these last two or three years, you're familiar with that vision, and I hope you're going to become even more familiar with it as this series unfolds. If you're new around here, maybe this is your very first Sunday As we walk through the GO initiative, my hope and my prayer is that you will discover this vision that God has given to us and that your heart will be drawn to it like ours is. If you flip over to the very next page, you're going to see on one side there our mission, which is to equip disciples who make disciples. And this really is what we believe every church is called to do, that Jesus gave to us the Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples. This is our job, this is our calling, and everything in our vision and everything in the GO initiative is really rooted in this mission that God has given to us. And then on the opposite page, you'll see the two goals of this initiative. The one that was unpacked for you in the video, uh, all of those projects that are included there, the 2.25 million in generosity invested in ongoing present ministry here at Lakeview Church, reducing our past debt and funding our future vision. And we're gonna talk more and more about that as this series unfolds. And then the most important goal is the one that's at the top of the page, 100% engagement. And we wanna be really clear about what that means. We want every single person in our church, doesn't matter how, how young, how old, everyone in between, doesn't matter Your background doesn't matter. Your education level doesn't matter. Anything about who you are. If you are a living human being that is a part of this church, we want you to be engaged in this initiative. And the way that we want you to be engaged is simply praying, listening for God's voice, and doing whatever God tells you to do. If we all pray, listen to God, and take the next steps that he's leading us into, this initiative will be successful. 
We will be exactly where God wants us to be if we're all listening and we're all doing what God has for us to do. Now, this series that we're going to unpack is going to land on October the 8th, and it's going to land on a commitment Sunday, which we will have on that day. And so I want to encourage you just to turn over, if you will, to pages 38 and 39, and you're going to see there two things. You're going to see a gift chart, which will tell you if I give this much each month, how much is that in an uh, annual gift, and how much is that over the two years of the initiative. And I just want to point that out to you. And then on the opposite page, you'll see a commitment card. And, and we're going to give you a commitment card later in this series. And here's the good news. You don't need to make a commitment today. It's okay. I'm not expecting you to make a commitment today. You shouldn't make a commitment today because you don't know really all of the details about what this is for and what this is about. We're gonna be unpacking that over the next several weeks, leading you through a process of prayer and discernment to know what commitment God's leading you to make and then helping you make that commitment on October the 8th. I just simply point this out today because I want you to begin praying even now. And the prayer is very simple, Lord, what would you have me do to be a part of the Go Initiative? And if you just pray that prayer and listen for God's voice, God will speak. And when he speaks, he's gonna guide you. And if we follow his leadership, we're gonna be exactly where God wants us to be as individuals and as a church body. Now, I wanna encourage you to just turn to one more page, and this is the most important one, pages 16 and 17. This is the prayer guide for the Go Initiative. And I, I, I want to land here before we begin the message today because I want to encourage you and, and help you understand that this process that we're going to walk through over the next five weeks in particular and then over the next two years in the Go Initiative is really more about your discipleship and our discipleship as a congregation than it is about donations. I want to say that one more time and I want you to make sure that you're hearing what I'm saying. This process is more about our discipleship than it is about donations. I want us to get to the end of the Go Initiative, and I want us all to be able to hear God's voice more clearly in our lives and have the faith and the courage to obey what God is asking us to do, no matter what that is. And if we take that journey over the next two years, we're going to be in a better place. And it's not about donations. It's about discipleship. It's not about funds, it's about the future of our church. God has a plan for us, and my prayer is that over these next five weeks, that plan will begin to become even more clear for us, and we will pursue that with everything that is within us. And as I have prayed for you for this initiative, and I have prayed for you for this initiative for over a year now, when God first started putting this in my heart over a year ago, I began praying for us that God would do something in us, that God would use this initiative to shape us and form us and make us into the people, the individuals, the families, and the church that he wants us to be, that when we get to the end of this initiative, we will look more like the church that God wants us to be for the future than we ever even thought possible. And that is my prayer for us. And so I wanna encourage you with this prayer guide to, to make this commitment over the next five weeks. Just give five minutes a day. Five minutes a day for the next five weeks 
And I just want you to spend one minute praying for each one of those five prayer requests. That God would speak clearly to us, that we would have a sensitivity to his voice, that we would have courage to obey whatever he asks us to do, that we would have our faith stretched to believe that God can do immeasurably more than we could ever even ask or imagine, and that in this process, God would unify us as one body with one heart, one mind, one purpose, so that we can reach the 42,000 people in Grant County who do not know who Jesus is today. So I want to stop right now before we go any further in this service, and I want to pray, and I want to pray for those five things. So would you join me in prayer this morning? God, we come before you today, right now in these moments, and Lord, our hearts are full of excitement and anticipation for who you are and for what you want to do in our lives, in our church, and through our church for your glory and your honor. And as we give ourselves now to the study of the scriptures, Would you open our hearts and minds, begin to speak to us through your word as it relates to what you have for us to do next as a church. And God, as we do that, my prayer is that you would give us a sensitivity to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Tune our ears to hear your voice. Give us courage, Lord, to step into whatever you are asking us to do, to go where you are sending us, to say what you are telling us, and to do whatever it is that you are laying out for us as next steps in our journey. And God, as that happens, would you grow our faith? Would you show us how great and powerful and mighty you are? And God, may may we see our faith growing and expanding in the days ahead. God, I pray for unity in our church like never before. Would you make us one body with one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one mission, one vision, one purpose. And God, as we are unified, would you pour out blessing on our church? And God, most importantly, would you direct us to the harvest fields for your kingdom and your glory. Right here where we live and around the world, would you make us a church focused on reaching out to people who don't know you and leading them into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ? God, guide us, direct us, lead us, speak to us, and use us. And in everything, God, may you get the glory, may you get the honor, And may you get the praise. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed said, amen. Now you can turn to page 20, where there's a page where you can take notes on the message that I'm going to share this morning. We're going to walk through the first few chapters of the book of Joshua over the next five weeks. It's a passage that, passages that I've been studying over this last year and just spending a lot of time reading and, and digging into and reflecting on, praying through for our church. And, and we're going to kind of unpack some of the lessons that are contained in the first few chapters of the book of Joshua over the next five weeks. As I've been kind of praying for the Go Initiative and praying for this message series in particular, one of the things that's been clear in my mind, an image that's been kind of etched inside of my brain is this image of Olympic sprinters. 
Olympic sprinters spend an awful lot of time preparing to run what is for them a very short race. It's over in a matter of seconds, and yet they spend literally years preparing to run that race. It shows up in the intention that they have in the food that they eat to fuel their bodies, the the sleep patterns, the, the, the way that they work out, the way that they train their bodies, the way that they rest their bodies on days when they're not training. Everything that they are and everything that they do is all centered on getting ready to run the race. And Olympic sprinters spend all of that time, and then if you've ever watched the Summer Olympics, you know that there's a moment when the official calls the runners to begin to gather at the starting line. And those Olympic sprinters will gather there, and, and they're, they're kind of stretching out. They're, they're getting ready to run the race. And then there's a moment when the official tells them that it's time for them to take their mark. And when they get to that place, they put their feet inside of those starting blocks. They put their hands down on the line. And then there's a moment when the official tells them that they need to get ready or get set. And then the gun sounds. And all of the preparation that's gone in years and years of training and getting ready to run this race, in that moment when the gun sounds, the the season of preparation is over, and now they're running the race that's been marked out for them. I've been thinking a lot about that picture over this last year. And that leads me to Joshua. And I know that you didn't know Joshua was an Olympic sprinter, and, and, and he's really not. But there are some parallels between the Olympic sprinter and the Old Testament character of Joshua because Joshua goes through what is a long, long season of preparation leading up to the race that's been marked out for him to run. Joshua, as you may or may not know, is the assistant to Moses. Moses is perhaps the greatest leader of God's people in the history of the world. I mean, you think about all that Moses did, right? Moses is, is rescued as a baby. Remember, they were killing all of the babies, and, and, and Moses' mother creates this little basket, puts baby Moses inside, sends him down the river, and hopes that he's going to be okay. And Pharaoh's daughter finds him pulls him out of the river, rescues him, raises him up. And and then if you remember the story, Moses gets mad at the way his Hebrew brothers and sisters are being treated. And eventually he kills one of the Egyptian guards, begins to fear for his life. So he goes into exile out in the wilderness and he's there for a while. And then God appears to him in a burning bush. Remember the story? God calls Moses and says, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. I want you to lead my people out of captivity. I've heard their cries, and it's time for them to be delivered. Moses is a reluctant leader, but he decides eventually to answer the call of God, and he goes back to Egypt, 10 plagues, demonstrating who God really is and demonstrating to all of Egypt and particularly Pharaoh that this God of the Hebrews is the real God. And eventually Pharaoh says, get out of here. Right? And they pack up and they leave. And they're headed out of Egypt 
And then Pharaoh changes his mind. He changes his mind a bunch of times in the story. But this last time, he sends his army after God's people. And they're chasing God's people. And remember, they get to the Red Sea. They're between an army and the Red Sea. And there's no way for them to get out. And in that moment, what does God do? God uses Moses. He says, stretch out your rod over that water. And God makes a way for his people where there seems to be no way. And they go through on dry ground. They come out on the other side. Pharaoh's army chases them. And God says, okay, let the waters go back now. And Pharaoh's army is defeated. And God's people are delivered. And Moses then takes God's people, if you remember the story, all the way up to the promised land. And we often think that it's a long journey, that it took 40 years. But in reality, it was a short journey, just a matter of weeks. And they get to the promised land, this huge mass of people, and they're ready to go into the land that God has promised them. And Moses says, let's find 12 spies. Let's send them into the land. And remember the the 10 spies came back and they said, man, it's really challenging in that land. I mean, the people are big. They're giants. Have you seen the walls around Jericho? They are huge. We'll never get through them. Do you know how many armies we're going to have to defeat? We've been in captivity all these years. We've been traipsing across the wilderness these last few weeks. How in the world could we go in and possess the land that God has for us? And those 10 spies, what they did in that moment is they elevated the challenge. And as they elevated the challenge, their view of God got smaller. But there were two spies One guy named Caleb and another guy named Joshua. Joshua and Caleb saw all of the same facts that the other 10 spies saw. They they saw that the the people were big. They're giants. They were marrying giants in the land. And they, they saw these big people. They saw the walls around Jericho. They saw the challenge that was in front of them. But while they were looking at the challenge, they set their eyes on God. And in that moment, the challenges were still there, but their view of God was bigger. They said, these are real challenges in front of us, but our God has promised us the land. We can possess what God has for us if we will have faith to obey him and to do what he's asking us to do in these moments. Well, you know the story. The 10 spies win the day. And the people of God, those who have just been delivered from Egypt, those who have just been been delivered through the Red Sea, miracle of miracles to get them out of, of the confrontation with Pharaoh's army, they forget how big their God is And that God wants them to enter this land and they just decide not to have faith. And so God makes them go through the wilderness for 40 years. That's the part of the story we know. They they go around the wilderness basically walking in circles for 40 years because what God needs to do is get rid of a generation that wouldn't believe him so that he could have a new generation that would be ready to enter in when the time came. 40 years, it's a long season 
of preparation. And it brings the people of God right back to the Jordan River 40 years after they started their journey. And it brings us to our key verses for today. Joshua chapter one, verses one and two. This is what it says. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. This is for Joshua a starting line moment. This is God saying, hey, Joshua, Moses is dead now. And it's time to step into the next season that I have for my people. This is a moment of transition where the season of preparation ends and the people of God are called to the starting line to put their feet in the blocks, to put their hands down on the line and wait for the gun to sound so that they can run the race that God has marked out for the next chapter of their journey with him. Joshua is not an Olympic sprinter, but, but he's like one in the sense that he goes through a season of preparation and then it's time for him to go. It's time for him to run the race that's been marked out. And when you think about these verses, it's really powerful to think about the fact that all of who Moses is and all of what Moses did in all of those years of leadership Miracle after miracle after miracle, right? The Moses called of God at the burning bush. The Moses who answers God's call and delivers 10 plagues to the people of Egypt. The Moses who leads God's people out of their captivity. The Moses who raises up his rod and splits the Red Sea. The Moses who actually builds the tabernacle. He tells them how to build the tabernacle as God reveals it. And then Moses goes into the tent of meeting and meets with the Lord face to face. The same Moses who went up on the mountaintop and got the Ten Commandments, not once, but twice, and brought them down from the mountain, revealing to God's people God's word and God's will and God's way for their lives. Moses, who does all of these miracles, all of these amazing stories, all of these wonderful things, and when he dies, God gives him five words in Joshua chapter 1. There's no big ceremony, there's no big remembrance, there's no, there's no sense of, hey, we need, to, we need to push pause for a long time and just reflect on all that Moses has done for us. No, just five words. Moses, my servant, is dead. And then four words to let Joshua know, you better get to the starting line. The time has come. And I think there are some lessons from that reality that we see in this verse that I want to point out to us because I think in this lesson, there is a word for our church in this season that we find ourselves in. So if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to jot down a few ideas which are going to be on the screen for us. Here's the lesson from Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. God's work through previous generations, paves the way for what he wants to do next. 
There's no doubt about it. Moses is a great leader. Greatest leader, I think, of God's people in the history of the world. I mean, all that he did, all the miracles, all the favor, all the blessing, all the wonderful things that, that God did in and through Moses, and yet when Moses dies, God says, okay, he's dead, what's next? It's not because Moses didn't matter. It's not because Moses doesn't offer to God's people in this moment a wonderful heritage. All of those things are true. But God has been working through everything that has happened because he's interested in what's going to happen next. When we think about this, maybe there's another way to say it. What God has done in the past is preparation for what God wants to do in the future. There's nothing wrong with what Moses has done. There's nothing wrong with the way that he's been leading. In fact, if you go back in the history of God's people, you see this principle played out over and over and over again. Before Egypt was their captivity, Egypt was their deliverance. Remember when Joseph was placed in Egypt to, to, to gather the food and store up the food so that Egypt and the surrounding nations could actually survive the seven-year famine? See, Egypt was their deliverance before it was their captivity. And once Egypt became their captivity, now God needed to deliver them out of there. And that's what Moses' leadership was all about, bringing the people out of captivity. But God did not bring them out of captivity because he wanted them to enjoy the wilderness. He brought them out of captivity because he wants them to enter into the land. He wants them to experience all that God has for them. And so when Moses dies, he calls Joshua to the starting line and says, now it's time to go. Maybe to say it just one more way. As much as God has done in the past, God is passionately focused on the future. God is passionately focused on the future. God is not done. God is not done. Whatever he has done in previous generations, whatever has gone before, he's just simply laying the foundation for what is next. Why? Because he's always focused on the future. This is what God wants to do, move his people forward. And so I want to just kind of bring that home to where we live as a church because I think that this lesson this truth from Joshua 1, verses 1 and 2, is a word for our church. Because I think God has gone before us as a congregation, and he has given to us a godly heritage. That would have been a good place for an amen. So I'm going to say it one more time so that you can not miss your cue this time. God has gone before us, and he has given us a godly heritage. When we look back on our past, listen, God has been at work through Lakeview Church. Over six decades of ministry, God's been working. He's been moving. He's been ministering, changing lives, raising up pastors and missionaries, sending people out. God has given us a godly heritage. God has gone before us to lay a foundation 
all the work that God has been doing. He's been working through it all, but he's been laying a foundation and he's been faithful to bring us to this moment. Not so he can say, okay, let's wrap it up. We're done now. No, he's been laying a foundation to bring us to this moment, in this time, in this place, so that we can do what's next. God is not done with us. God wants to work through us as he has worked in our past. He wants to work through us again in new and fresh ways for the future. And one more thing that I think God would say to us through these verses, God has gone before us to launch the next chapter of our church. And I'm passionate about where God's leading us and I wanna just kind of take the last few minutes of this message just to kind of unpack kind of who we are and where we're going and what this initiative is all about. The reality is, is that when we look back over our six decades plus of history, it is not hard to identify the godly heritage that God has given us. When Pastor Cockrell and the founding members of this church started Lakeview Church, they did it with one purpose and one purpose in mind. And that purpose was to reach people who didn't have a relationship with Jesus and bring them into a relationship with Jesus so that they could know him and live for him. Right from the very founding of this church, we were focused on making disciples. And as God blessed this church and the church began to grow, that group of disciples that was being gathered into this church was being commissioned to work and transform the community. And this church has always had a heart to see the influence of the kingdom of God spread out from these walls and go out into our community and out into our world. This is why Lakeview started the Pregnancy Help Center. This is why Lakeview started a Christian school to begin to train kids, not just in reading and arithmetic and writing and all the stuff you learn when you're in school, but to do it from a Christ-centered perspective and to give kids what is most important for them to have in life, which is that Christ-centered worldview. It's why we started Life Center Counseling Services, so that we could come alongside of people and help them thrive emotionally and, and relationally and, 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 and reach into the, the place of their life where they need to experience healing and help them find that. See, Lakeview's always been committed to making disciples and it's always been committed to transforming the community. And it's always been committed to multiplying the church. When you look back over our history, what you find is that there have been dozens and dozens and dozens of people called to full-time Christian service as pastors and missionaries. We've, we've seen people raised up and sent out all over the world serving faithfully even yet today. We've seen funds go to supporting missionaries and mission agencies serving all over the world because we've always, always believed that as a church, it wasn't just about us. It wasn't just for us. It was ultimately to see the mission of God go forward from here to everywhere. We've always been committed to making disciples, transforming the community, and multiplying the church. And over these last few years, as we've just returned to those central tenets of why God put Lakeview here, and we've set that as our vision for the future, to say, God, how can we make disciples in the years ahead? How can we transform our community? How can we multiply the church? And God has been so faithful to show us what those things are. 
And again, if you've been around here for these last three years, many of you have participated in helping shape that vision as we met in focus groups and we prayerfully discerned what God was asking us to do. We've taken that mission and vision that God's given us and we've, we've shaped discipleship curriculum. We've launched the dream team. We've launched the new small group ministry and we've seen God work and move in powerful ways. We've created our own discipleship curriculum that supports the discipleship pathway that God's given us. God's been so faithful to bring us to this moment. But here's the reality. The season of preparation that we've been in over these last few years is coming to an end. We approved our five-year vision in May of 21, and it's 23. That means our five-year vision is now a three-year vision. We got to get to work. We've been laying the groundwork over these last couple of years, but we've got to make strides to move forward because we need to accomplish what God has given us to accomplish. And that's why when I started praying and started sharing with the staff and our church board and leaders in our congregation about this idea of the GO initiative, it was clear to all of us that this is what God is leading us to invest ourselves in over these next two years. To see our church move forward, this season of preparation is over and it's time for us to go. And so what is the GO initiative? You heard it in the video, but just to reiterate it for you, it's a comprehensive plan that allows our church to invest $2.25 million in generosity over the next two years, beginning November of 2023 through October of 2025. And reaching this goal of $2.25 million over these next two years allows us to do three important things. Fund our present ongoing ministry, reduce our past debt, and fund our future vision. And I want to take just the last few minutes I have this morning to share with you about those three things and what they look like over the next two years. Our present ongoing ministry, I'll start there. God's been working in our church. I was meeting with someone not too long ago, and, and this person said to me, it's a shame our church isn't growing. And I said, but it is. And some of you may not know this because uh, when you look at a room, maybe you think, man, there's empty seats. Is our church growing? Well, this last fiscal year, which ended on April 30th, when you look at all of the statistics, and I know some of you aren't stats people, some of you are, but our church grew by 10% over this last year. And those growth trends have continued through the summer. If you compare this summer that we just came through over last summer, we were up 20 or 30 each Sunday in attendance over the last year. God is working in our church. But here's the thing. Some of you are like, it's all about the numbers. And I would say to you, yes. I, I, guilty. Because every single one is a person. And the last time I checked, people matter. And I don't know of a church that should ever say, I think we've got enough. As long as there are people in our community who don't know Jesus, our work is not done, and we will keep reaching the next one and the next one and the next one, and we will celebrate every time our church grows because it means we're reaching more people for the kingdom of God. But here's the best part. 
We grew over this last year, but the most important thing is that 44 people stepped across the line of faith for the very first time through the ministries of our church. God is at work in our midst. We baptized 11 of those people over this last year. We took in 25 new members, and God has been working in our present ministry. In addition to that, Lakeview Christian School, our school located right here on our property, actually this last year went through the accreditation process, which is so much fun. Anybody who's here who worked on that process, I mean, just filled with joy every time they think about it. But they went through the hard work of accreditation through the Association of Christian Schools International. And Becca, I don't know if she's here. I saw her this morning, talk to her. But uh, Becca Schrantz, who is our head of school, um, she led the school through that process. And with tremendous help from Sierra Pfaff, who was kind of gearing up all of the paperwork associated with that. And in June, our school received full accreditation through ACSI. Last year, our school uh, grew academically. Our test scores increased. Spiritually, our student body grew through the efforts of April Raver and others from our church who were helping in chapel services and ministry to students and their families. And we watched God work in the lives of students through, through what was happening there. And this year, as we started a brand new school year, our enrollment is up over last year to 132 students, the last report I received about a week ago. So we celebrate all that God is doing. We look at Life Center Counseling Services. We see how God's working there. Just since May of 2021, we've added six full-time counselors to our staff and three part-time counselors. And as of this moment right now, we are on pace in this current fiscal year to see to have almost 12,000 visits in this, in this fiscal year, and that's up 34% from 2021. Now, what that means is that there are more people in our community who are engaged with a Christian counselor to help them find health and wholeness. And I celebrate that. I, I hope that there's a day in our future where the need for counseling goes down because people are healthy and holy and God's helping them. But right now, we're gonna come alongside anybody who needs it and we're gonna provide Christian counseling for them. And I'm so thankful for the vision of that counseling center. All of those things are part of our present ongoing ministry. And we wanna make sure all of that is fully funded and that it's able to function as God intends it. So to fund our present ongoing ministry, our annual budget is $725,000. And when you multiply that times two, that's 1.45 million. That's the lion's share of the GO initiative. So of the 2.25 million that we are focused on over these next two years, 1.45 million of that is just related to present ongoing ministry, making sure that we keep the lights on and ministries functioning as we have intended for them to function over these next two years, that what God has started, he would be able to continue to do through the life of our church. So that's present ongoing ministry. If we're standing in the present, we have two directions to look. We can look to our past or we can look to our future. And I actually want to do both uh, here in the next couple of minutes. As we look to our past, we see the reality of our debt. 
And for those of you who maybe aren't a member of our church, maybe don't know the details of, of, of the debt that we have, about 15 years ago, we took out a loan of 1.5 million. We did that to add on to our facility. We added on a, a kitchen and a family life center, a gymnasium and a youth room. And that's all this section that's kind of right on the other side of that wall there. We paid that debt down faithfully. We got it down to about half of what we originally had taken out. And then we increased that loan when we needed to replace the roof on the main part of our building. And some of you have been around for a while, you know about that. And we borrowed that money and took the debt back up. And then we faithfully paid that down. And then we needed to borrow some money to keep our school open and functioning for a little while. And, and we did that. And then, and then we paid that down. And and then when I came, we, we had to put a roof on the building at the back of our property where Westminster Preschool is housed. And, and, and they didn't appreciate the water features that we had included in their building that they were renting from us. And so, so we put a new roof on that building and we took our debt back up to the 1.5. And we've been paying that down. Today, our debt is at 1.3 million. Now, I wanna be really clear about something. I think the decisions to borrow money over the last 15 years, I'm not being critical of them at all. I think in large part, that strategy of using debt has allowed us to stay open and functioning to this moment. But here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. The strategy of using debt to fund what we do as a church, I think we should bring that strategy to an end. I want to see us become debt-free as a church. If I could say it a little more strongly, I want to declare war on our debt. I want to get rid of it. I want it to be gone. And so part of the GO initiative is $450,000 that we've included, which will go directly onto the principal of our loan. We've already covered the principal and interest payment in that general operating budget that's included in the $1.45 million. So when you give over and above that amount, $450,000 goes directly onto the principal, which in a day and age where interest rates are doing this, that matters because it saves money over the long haul. And here's the deal. If we hit our goal in the GO initiative two years from now, we will have cut our debt in half in just two years which makes it very possible for us over the following few years to aggressively reduce that debt. And just four or five years from now, we can, as a church, be debt-free. Now, God could do it like that. And I pray for it every day. I'm just, just God, give me the faith. Give me the faith to believe, right? But, but we can step up here and, and help reduce that debt and reduce it. And I want to encourage us to do that through the GO initiative. Last part, we look back at our past. We should pay off our debt. But we should also fund our future vision. We're responsible for our debt. We took that on as a church. Our, our members made that decision. We borrowed that money. And we're responsible to pay it off. That's what it means to be faithful, right? To fulfill our obligations and our commitments. And we should do that. But God's also given us a vision for the future. And I don't think he's asking us to pause our future vision while we take care of this. I think we should do both of these things at the same time. In the same way that when you drive down the bypass, you sometimes look in the rearview mirror. You, you don't always look in the rearview mirror. 
You have to look in the rearview mirror, and then you have to look out the windshield to see where you're going. I think we can do both. I think we can, we can pay off our debt and reduce that, but we can also fund the future vision. So we've included four projects, and I'm gonna run through them very quickly. The first one, Africa Wesleyan University College. We've been partnered with this since its inception. We're coming alongside of that. They have already received funding for the first building on the campus and half of the second one. And in the GO initiative, we've included $100,000, which will go to that project to help establish the physical campus in Zambia. That is the next step in the establishment of this university. It is what they need to do to get approval from the state to begin offering diplomas. And so we're, we're encouraging uh, all of us to participate in helping make that a reality through $100,000 that we would give to that university. Second thing, second project for our vision, and again, all of these things are right out of our five-year vision, our ministry development program. We have a heart to come alongside of people who are preparing for ministry at Indiana Wesleyan, Taylor, or even other Christian universities. We would love to invite those students in for practicum experience, paid internship experiences, and then most importantly, we wanna develop a, a resident pastor program so that when a person graduates from their undergraduate program, uh, studying to be a pastor or missionary, they could come serve in our church for two years and then be sent out wherever God is leading them to go, and that through that program, we can multiply the influence of the church as we develop, raise up, and send out leaders to serve God's church. It's gonna take $70,000 to fund that over the first two years of the program. And once we get through those first two years, we will include this in our regular ongoing budget so that we can continue to raise up and send out leaders. Next, we have local outreach and benevolence, and we want to set aside in the GO initiative $50,000. $20,000 of that will be used for benevolence to meet needs in our congregation and in our community so that we can come alongside people and do what God has asked us to do, to just meet needs and make a difference in people's lives. And then we want to invest in five local partners, $3,000 each year, total of $15,000 to fund what good work is already happening in our community. And we won't just give money to these ministries. We want to put dream teamers in those ministries to serve and make a difference in those places. And then lastly, we want to begin to just take some steps to update our sanctuary. We believe it's time to just begin to refresh this space that we meet in to continue to have a good first impression for people who are coming to our church for the first time, but also to provide a really good space for our school to use and for our community to use so that when people come in here, they, they are in a space that meets their needs and that allows them to have a distraction-free environment where they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And again, all of these things are part of the vision that God has given us as a church. Now, I know that I've been writing this sermon for a year. I've preached it in my head a hundred times. And you just heard it in about 35 minutes. And some of you look like you just heard an awful lot in a short amount of time. I want you just to take a deep breath. I know it's a lot of information. And for some of you, it might be overwhelming. For some of you, you might feel like, man, this is, this is too much. Are we ever going to be able to do this? And I'm just going to tell you right up front, we won't. It's only God working in and through us that will accomplish what he wants to accomplish through his people. And here's the thing. 
God's been preparing a way for us to get to this moment and he will carry us into the future that he has for us. So again, just to kind of summarize everything we've talked about this morning, the GO initiative is our plan, which we believe that God has given us to move our church into the future to make sure that we're funding present ongoing ministry, to make sure that we're reducing our past debt and to make sure that we are funding our future vision, the vision that God has given to us. What is God going to do in and through us in this next season? In order to find out, we have to listen for his voice and we have to be willing to do whatever he asks us to do. But here's what I believe, that if we will get quiet in our own lives, I think what we will hear is the voice of God's spirit saying this season of preparation is coming to an end and it's time to step up to the starting line. Put your feet in the blocks, put your hands down on the line, get ready, get set and go. So Father, as we tune our ears to hear your voice, may you work in our lives. May you work in our church. May you speak to us. May you guide us. May you direct us. May you glorify yourself through this process. God, we give you Lakeview Church. It is yours to begin with. We put it back in your hands and we just ask you, guide, direct, lead, provide. Just do whatever you want to do through us. Be glorified, be honored, be praised. And for all that you do, we'll give you the thanks in Jesus' name.